Welcome back to the After Dark Podcast, where we discuss topics that are none of our business. It's your boy, Black Mike, on the mic. We got Big Stir up top. You already know what it is. Make sure you like and subscribe. Ring the notification bell so you never miss an After Dark Podcast episode. Follow on, for our audio listeners, follow on whatever audio platform you're listening to. Give us five stars if you're feeling ever so gracious. And like we always say, give us three stars if you're being truthful. We do not care. We'll take what we can get. So that's how it is. Yeah, so this is episode 31. We're back with another episode. We got some cool topics on the dock. But before we do that, Sterling, how you doing, man? How was your week? How was Halloween for you? This is actually right here. This is Halloween night, so when y'all listen, y'all gonna get this on Wednesday, but we're actually filming on Halloween night. I cut off my front porch lights so no dumbass kids come over and try to look for some candy. Nope, you ain't getting none. I don't have any candy. You should have just left the bucket outside, bro, like, and just let some kid get, and you know, Hell no, nah, bro. Hell no, nah. there's a lot of nappy-headed niggas um, surrounding the neighborhood, and I know them kids ain't gonna take two pieces. They just go, that shit gonna be gone after like five kids. They're gonna dump that bitch in their bag. Cause I would shit. I never, two pieces, my ass. Kiss my ass, nigga. I mean, I never was a two piece. I look right into that ring doorbell and be like, scoop. Appreciate it. Look, look right there and be like, hey, peace. Appreciate you, dogs. Keep moving. Oh, yeah. And if you're, um, if you're in the Halloween spirit, make sure you check out my little bro, Monty Bynum's Thrill of the Night Halloween song. It's pretty creative. It's pretty cool. It's a spinoff of a thriller so by Michael Jackson, so check that out. But still, how are you doing, man? How was your Halloween weekend? Oh, yeah, good. Um, interesting week, to say the least. A lot of stuff happened. Um, not necessarily something, all things that are super notable, but a lot of stuff happened her ups and downs of life, which is normal. Uh, keep it trekking. But, yeah, Halloween, Halloween weekend was cool. Um, a buddy of mine from college, um, actually one of my fraternity brothers, he invited me out to go. And, like, we started at his place, went to another pregame at somebody's townhouse, then went out and, well, I met up with one of my older fraternity brothers. He was there, and he's actually attorney down, an attorney down here. And chill with him. He's so fucking funny, dude. You never expect this dude to be have like the taste of music he does. It's actually insane. Um, he was like, he brought his whole ass speaker to this town home and was DJing for that pregame before we went out. Um, and we didn't even go go out straight after that. We like went and ate right across from kind of where we were gonna start going out at. Um, but funny enough, yeah. Cool weekend. Um, I literally just said to somebody the other day, I was like, yeah, I gotta stop drinking. Like, it's so bad. Like, it's so bad. It kills me. Like, I felt like a train wreck. But, yeah, went out. People I was with called him a pretty early night. So then I, my older fraternity brother was like, oh, I have to go back to my place. Then I'm gonna go back out. And he was like, yo. Then it's like one one fifteen. I'm sitting outside of my, one of my buddy that invited me out's apartment. Um, and Somebody passes by. I was on a different level at this point. I was like, somebody, somebody was passed by. Oh my gosh, you look so good. And then somebody else yelled, "Fuck yes, you look so fucking good." I was like, "Damn, bro!" And I'm like, 
about healing myself. Like, um, <laughs> but met up with them. Then I came back to my apartment, and then my roommate and his girlfriend were drinking, and I started drinking with them. Don't even remember like coming back upstairs that night at all. We went downstairs and played pool, and just like we're drinking some more. And I was like, woke up fully clothed, shoes. Where my shoes off? I can't even remember, dude. Um, <laughs> fully clothed in my bed on top, slept like a mummy. Um, That's a good probably, sleep. Yeah, I was gone. And I'm not joking, bro. I was feeling it all day. And I was like, res- resentful to eat because I would have to prepare my meal, which I've been eating like uh, two like Italian sausages, like three eggs and like a thing of rice and yogurt for breakfast. And it's super like protein heavy for those that obviously don't know been working out a ton so try to like gain weight gain muscle whatever um and i couldn't even like get myself to do that and i actually enjoy that meal and i just like nah dude i'm not doing anything at all i ended up eating like a chunk of like some hamburger leftover hamburger helper i had from like earlier in the week (laughs) but yeah it was a it was an interesting one But, but how about yourself man obviously i know You've been not too busy, but you know, as of moving in and kind of doing some things, moving around. I know you got a got a little surprise. You surprised everybody on the gram this weekend. So yeah, it had a lot going on. Yes, sir. Um, got a little pup, little bow wow, um, little bitty boxer. He's actually right here beside me, knocked out. Thank God, bro. I've been tired as shit. But no, honestly, he's pretty chill though. Like he just, I just have to wake up like. Uh, usually around one and four o'clock in the morning and let him out. (laughs) But he'll like, he's already like, he'll go out in like five to 10 minutes. So I'm not like really out there long, but I'm definitely fucking zombie sleepwalking, like letting this nigga out. Then I'll try to put him in his crate and he'll go crazy, like ballistic trying to like, and I'm just like, nah, this is not going to work because I'm like. I, I need to sleep. Like, I will not be able to function as a human if you don't let me get some sleep. So, he's basically been, like, sleeping in the bed with me. That's the only way he'll chill. And But he's been straight, though. Like, he don't use the bathroom in the bed. If he got to use the bathroom, he'll lick my face, wake me up. And I'll be That's like, nice, though. Be like, damn, nigga. Right now, bro. <laughs> hey, it's replication of a child, man. Replication yeah. of a child. And then, so I'll take him out and whatnot. And then the thing is, it's like, so he'll get like a 10 to 20 minute burst of energy after he wakes up and then he'll go to sleep for two, three hours. Like that's basically his whole thing. Like he'll wake up, want to fucking go crazy for 10, 20 minutes. So after I walk him out there, I put him back in the bed and he's fucking gnawing on my hand and fucking trying to play and shit. I'm like, bro, I'm about to go back to sleep and so is your ass, so we not gonna do this shit. <laughs> He'll get the hang of it soon. Yeah, no, but he's straight. That was cool. I literally went on fucking, I was like, because I had told you I was thinking about getting a dog soon. Uh, obviously, I, I wasn't planning on getting one that quickly. I was just looking at it one night, that Friday night. I was like... Uh, let me see like what puppies are out there, see if there's any boxes that I can find. And found this one and then messaged the dude. Didn't expect him to get back to me anytime soon. Messaged me back in like 20 minutes. Like, oh, yeah, you can go pick him up tomorrow morning. And I was like, well, damn, all right. Well, I guess I'll just go pick him up. Pick him up, $600 puppy. 
I was like, bet six hundred dollars is a good price for you know purebred puppy, like one hundred percent. I'll take it. Take this nigga back. Breeder wasn't uh, giving him enough water. He was dehydrated as fuck. So I had to take him to um, the vet the next day. Uh, he had to stay there all day. That was a quick eighteen hundred. So now my little six hundred dollar puppy, twenty four hundred dollar puppy. I was like, okay. I was like. You're a twenty four hundred dollar puppy. You're not a golden doodle. So like, <laughs> that's always cool. But I was like, all right. I guess you know. I guess you're my responsibility now. She was like, yeah. So uh, you want to like? How do you want to pay? And I was like, just fucking take it all out of my account now. Like I don't want to even fucking like. <laughs> I would have put that behind me. So just take you it all out. That after pay shit. Like oh, this month yeah, seven hundred dollars to pay. Because it should be pissing me off, bro. Because, like, one, when it comes to the afterpay or the firm, I think is the other one that does it and whatnot. Like, I never remember how long the duration of what I pay is. And I swear I feel like they'd be scamming me. Because they could charge me that for a whole ass year. And I would still be like, damn, I still haven't finished paying that off yet. And I wouldn't, like... (laughs) I don't even really know how to go back and like check that shit. So I'll just be like, damn, bro, that shit is expensive. Because <laughs> I did no, that. People be hella surprised. Yeah. People be hella surprised when you want to pay stuff like that in full. Like, they'd be like, oh, how you want to pay it? Bro, I'm trying to pay that shit now. I, like, I don't want to, but like, I got to. Like, it's good for my mental because it's behind me. I can recoup and we're done. Like, it's done and dusted at that point. Yes. And so. So because of that, I didn't really do any Halloween shit. Just trying to, you know, fill out the new dad role, the new pup dad role. Um, yeah. But w- what I did kind of like, which is kind of crazy, I was thinking like, because I feel, I personally feel like Halloween is not as big as it used to be when we were kids. And I don't mean nah, nah. the spirit of Halloween. The spirit of Halloween is still alive and well. People dress up, people do cool shit. But I mean like actual Halloween trick-or-treating in itself. Like, I don't think kids really do that like they used to, but I also feel like, you know, it's also not as safe as it used to be. Like, yeah, it's definitely not as chill to just let your kids, like, walk up and whatnot. But it had me thinking, we need an adult trick-or-treat. Like, I feel like that shit is more, it should be more for adults anyways. Like, just pulling up to a stranger's crib, you know, is definitely more equipped for adults, but I feel like it'd be dope as fuck if I pull up to someone's doorstep, that AO trick or treat, and we, you know, we crack a beer together. And so we just sit yeah, on the doorstep, yeah. just like drinking a beer. That'd be, that'd be vibes. I like yeah. that. Like, that's like, that'd be something like, honestly, like in the future, if I was in a neighborhood, obviously, I would expect to be living in a neighborhood with my family and whatnot, or even I would not with a family. Like, I'm just living in a neighborhood and like, I'm a single guy just there. Like, I'd love for that to be a thing, especially because, like, you know, everybody's like, oh, that's childish if you trick-or-treat and stuff like that. It's like, I watched, I listened to something the other day, and it was like, bro, why does every single person, and we're all guilty of it at some point in like, childhood, of, like, rushing to be an adult. Every kid is, like, rushing to be an adult. And then they realize, like, for us, you realize being an adult comes with that shitload of responsibility. you got to pay bills, bro bills and these ain't small bills you gotta pay bills to, to live the lifestyle you want mommy and daddy ain't always be like oh, here's a couple bucks, here's a couple bucks. like 
<laughs> I've said this before. It's like if I was in a tough spot, like I know my parents would help me out 100%. But it's like it shouldn't come to that. Like it shouldn't come to that. If it does, like it is what it is. But like, dog, don't rush your childhood. And I'm saying like for the people that probably like, oh, that's so childish. No, that would be so fun. Like you just go with your boys. And you're like going around the neighborhood, just cracking a beer. You could literally make it into like, well, granted, I guess the caveat of that, Mike, is like people have like Halloween parties. A lot of adults will do like. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like that was that was I was just about to say that everybody throws a Halloween pregame, and so basically the trick or treat is it's like trick or treat. You just kind of pull up, they give you a beer, and you can like. Chill at their little Halloween pregame while you're drinking the beer or whatnot, you know, eating some snacks, making conversation with some people you don't normally make conversation with. Then you finish your beer, like, all right, bro, like, let's let's dip out, let's check out the next house, see what they got going on. Everyone's got their own vibe at their pregame. That'd be a pretty cool, like, adult trick or treat type thing. Yeah, and then, and then you know, like this is like today's Tuesday. Like, let's not let's not get it twisted. Let's not get it twisted. If you got kids, I get it, bro. Like, if you got kids, you got to handle your business. I 1,000% get that. Um, but if it's like a, I mean, there's neighborhoods, and I know neighborhoods specifically that have, like, younger adults where maybe they have a kid or it's like they don't have kids or they're, maybe they're married or they're just, like, living with their significant other. Some people are just single in their houses, and it's a large majority of neighborhoods. It won't be big, massive neighborhoods, four or 500 houses type neighborhoods, but, like, like 50 60 homes in a neighborhood and like 30 40 of them will have like late 20s early 30s folks in there that don't have those type of obligations aside from their work day to day and obviously like we talked about bills and that'd be sick because it's a good way to connect with people on a yearly basis um just for fun and granted it does suck there is during the week but let's not get it twisted as well like most people our age like not most people. A lot of people our age do still drink on weekdays. They just won't drink heavily. And I'm not sitting here trying to get trash with my neighbors. But, like, if we get trash together, we get trash together. And it's like, keep it moving. We're adults. We handle our business. You know what I'm saying? So, it's like, I think that'd be fucking fire. Yeah, we're going to have to petition to make that a fucking thing. Because, like, that would be dope. I'd be down to trick or treat again. But Oh, hell yeah. But besides the point, you know, that was the update. I got the new puppy. But before that, like I told y'all last episode, I also went to a Dave Chappelle comedy show, right? And let me tell you, that nigga's the best. He is the absolute best. He has some jokes that, you know, I would not dare um, mimic on this podcast (laughs) at all because, you know, Dave Chappelle's in a position where if y'all come at him, it does not matter. If you come at me, I will feel it and it will hurt. And I do not want that right now. So I'm not going to do that. But I did laugh at the joke. So if you do have the privilege of checking him out when he comes to your town or close to you, you will know what I'm talking about. He starts right from the beginning and gets going and he like does not pull back any punches. Every type of joke, every type of person you think he would make fun of, he gets right to it. It's great. And, you know, when I was sitting there, well, one, first thing I kind of thought was like, damn, man, like, comedy is fucking great. And I've been to a couple comedy shows this year, and I'm like, all right, all right. This could be, like, something that I try to do more regularly because I I love comedy. Me and my dad, we would go to comedy shows growing up and everything, and we, um, 
my dad and I, and obviously you, Sterling, and I can imagine that you probably got it from your dad, uh, tend to have darker humor, kind of like our melanin skin. And, uh, and we can find light and humor into some pretty fucked up situations, but, you know, I, those are my favorite type of people. If you can laugh at fucked up, if you can laugh at fucked up situations or yourself, you are my type of person because then, you know, we can, we can crack up. If you're sensitive over topics or you can't laugh at yourself, you get butt hurt, then, you know, I'm probably not going to have too much fun with you. But that's beside the point. Um, so what it, you know, what it really had me thinking was, man, what happened to comedy? Because Dave Chappelle's an anomaly in today's day and age. When I think about the golden age of comedy, I think about the comedy that our parents got to witness and, you know, the on edge, you, the, you know, I can't believe he said that. That was hilarious. And even the crowd reaction, like I even find myself today, like when Dave Chappelle will make a joke about a certain group of people, I will, I, obviously I laugh because I think that shit's funny. And even if it, even if it's, you know, directed towards like something that I can see myself in, I still find that shit funny. But what I also notice is I'm like, I'll laugh and be like, damn, that's fucked up. I can't believe he said that. <laughs> but niggas don't, niggas didn't used to do that back in the day. You would just laugh and just be like, damn, that shit was funny. And I'm like, what the fuck happened? What happened to society? What happened to comedy? Why is comedy becoming this thing where we all feel like we have to nitpick everything someone says? We have to get sensitive and butt hurt over it. We don't have good comedy movies out anymore. I, I just don't understand it, and I thought it'd be a good conversation to have here on the pod. Yeah, uh, I I'm that I think it's super cool that you got to experience Dave Chappelle live. I mean, actually seen his you know shows on Netflix, his Netflix specials, which are super super funny, and he is like you said an anomaly in this day and age. I mean, the guy says. It's one of the things that, like, and I don't, I, I don't even, I hate saying this. People are like, oh, he's like that. But, like, and you remember when Donald Trump was running for president and then even when he was president? Yeah. You remember what pe- people used to say about him all the time? They're like, he's just saying the stuff that people are thinking. Yeah. It's like, they be, I mean, granted, like, I ain't going to sit here and lie. Donald Trump be saying some stuff. I'm like, oh. Like, you ain't a a, a comedian, bro. You're a whole-ass public official. Yeah, Um, it's a little different. (laughs) Yeah, but, I mean, that's how Dave Chappelle is. I see him. He says all the things that we're all thinking. Not to be offensive. I mean, and if you're offended by it, like Mike said, it's like, bro, we can't hang like that. Like, we can't. Like, if you're getting offended by, like, a little racial, not even a slur, because he'll throw the slur out there. Uh, But, like, a racial little, like, poke. Because it's just like picking at a stereotype, nothing crazy. We ain't gonna freaking nip at you forever about it. If you can't do that, we ain't we ain't chill. But what's happened is, man, it's like nowadays, like once cancel culture became a thing, comedy declined, and the and the idea of a con or of comedy declined as well. Because like I feel like people love comedy shows, like you're saying. Like, people like like they enjoy them, like. It's a good way to let yourself lose, have a couple of drinks, just chill. Nothing like, it's not like you're going out to a bar. You're not like you're going to a party. You can get entertainment from someone 
who's able to capture you in one moment and one joke at a time. And that's what it's, it's the storytelling of it because these guys are artists, just like the guys that rap and sing and guys and gals that rap and sing. And right now with that, like my personal opinion is a lot of it has been driven by this past cancel culture thing that has been like, oh, you can't say that. We're going to cancel you and make sure you don't get fame or recognition for it. It, it, it is quite frankly, it's just it's like you cannot be that concerned with what people are saying. There's no way you can be that concerned. It's like if I said something to Mike, a Dave Chappelle esque joke about black people, and I and granted, I know Mike in this situation. Say I did, say I was just saying it and blah blah blah, shooting it, however. And Mike's like, oh my god, like bro, say that again one more time, and I'm one of those guys where I repeat it, I'm like fuck it, I don't care. And I say it again, records me that this guy's saying racist stuff. Are you saying this, that, and the other? People don't care nowadays. They, everybody's like, oh, we're so selfless. We, we care about everyone. No, they don't. Nobody cares about other fucking people. This is the most selfish society has ever been. Ever. Ever been. People are like, oh, I, I accept everyone. No, you don't. No, you don't. Nope. You, if you did... You'd be friends with everybody. You'd like everyone. You wouldn't dislike anybody for anything. You like murderers. You like you like people that do uh, SA. You like all that stuff. But at the end of the day, man, I think it's just piss poor on the on the behalf of like personally some of our generation uh, that's kind of built this up, and even the younger generation built up this wall to be able to be like say things that are out of pocket and not take them the wrong way. People take shit the wrong way all the time, even before this became a a, a, a topic. You know what I, I equate it to? What? I equate it to, you know, <laughs> so we, you know the girls that like, if you ask, there's all, there's, there's two types of girls. You ask them to rate themselves and you got, uh, the, yeah. you got the girl that'll say, Oh, you know, I feel like I'm pretty, but I'm not the prettiest. I'm a seven. Then you got the bitch that says, you know, I love myself. I'm a ten. Why wouldn't I think I'm a ten? Like blah 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 blah. blah. I'm like, and it's and newsflash, spoiler alert: the one that says that is never a ten. It's never a ten. If you notice, the tens are always modest as fuck and rate themselves lower than ten. I'm like, bitch, you are a 10. And in the world over here, I love myself. Why would I ever consider myself less than a 10? Because you ain't one. Because <laughs> you ain't one, and the 10 beside you just said she's an 8, bitch. So how are you finna be a 10? <laughs> like, what? That's what I equated to, is people take themselves way too seriously. And so when these yeah. jokes hit, and the reason why they get mad is because he's really, what those jokes are doing are really tugging at your insecurities and they yeah. see themselves in that and they get really frustrated because no one no one likes to be the butt of the joke um, but if you're able to laugh at yourself and if you're able to be real with yourself see and this is a little bit of a tangent it's a little bit off topic but I do think it's important because some people think that loving yourself means that you have to lie to yourself and be completely oblivious to all your faults Loving yourself does not mean that you claim that you're a 10 when you know that you're not a 10. That is not loving yourself. 
Loving yourself is being able to look in the mirror and be like, okay, you know, I'm a good looking guy. I'm not the best looking guy. I'm a, I'm a 6.7 or I'm a 7.1 on a scale. But hey, I make that shit fucking work. And I'm a good 7-1 and I don't give a fuck. I'm still going back to 10. I'm still going back to 9. I don't care. I'm a, Or at least I'm going to try. That I'm person try. loves themselves. That person knows their flaws, knows their shortcomings, and does not hold it against himself. It's, it's, you know, it's like, I know where I'd stack up to the next person. I know that this nigga beside me is 6-4 and fucking 250. I don't like, to most people's eyes, I do not measure up off first glance. But damn it, I bet he won't make your ass laugh. I bet he don't have no funny-ass <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I bet he ain't out here, you know, making good bread off of, you know, I'm a 26-year-old making decent money, so, you know, it's okay. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 you're exactly right. I mean, because, like, it, it goes directly to that, like you said, they pull in the insecurities, and I think it's, it's funny because, like, that, I knew exactly where you were Second, you brought up the girl thing. I've watched <laughs> too many videos, and I'm just like, look. like, I'm speaking of that, but not to go on another tangent. But yes, I'm going on a tangent. <laughs> I was watching. You ever heard the the channel, the YouTube channel called Jubilee? Yeah, yeah. Bro, they be doing some out of pocket shit. But like, yeah, this just be funny as fuck. Shout <laughs> <laughs> out Jubilee. Get us featured on the episode. I will get a flight out of Cali anytime. For sure. Um, but I was watching a video. It's like 100 people have to decide who is the most attractive or who's the hottest. The word they use is hottest. So it starts off and it's like the 10 people that are the least attractive of the 100, the 10 least attractive people of the 100 people need to decide to leave. So they go and break off a small group. They talk and it's like, bro, I'm low. And like some of these honest to God, just not attractive people are just sitting there like, I mean, I don't really think it's about how you look. I'm like, no, 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 no. no. It is about how you look. Nobody cares about your personality. Your personality can boost you up eventually, but I don't know you. I see your, I see your outside. Not joking, all right? So the 10 people leave. And I saw like three baddies first 10. I was like, yo, what is this trash? And then then they break it down. They're like, oh, we're going to need uh, another 40 people to leave. So they they break I think it's 40 people need to get down to 50. 50 people. Top 50. I'm sitting there, same thing. I'm looking at people, and then they get into the group, and they're like, all right, who decided to leave? No one. And then <laughs> all it takes is one. All it takes is one person to leave. I'm like, all right, I'm not. And I was looking at them. That group made a lot, a lot more sense of who was leaving. Like, I was seeing, I was like, oh, yeah, probably then they're like, all right, now we need to break it down to the top 10 best-looking people in the group. And then 50-50 comes down to the top 10. Five of them attractive people, 100%. Like, I could see exactly why people would men and women, mixture of men and women on the, of the five that I thought were attractive people. Yeah. And then the other five, I see a, I see a girl that looks like... I see a girl that looks like motherfucking Lizzo. Like I said, like I said, I'm talking straight physical, bro. We're not talking about personalities. I don't care. And I don't even like Lizzo's personality, so that, that she just really goes down the scale. But like <laughs> We done we done we done kick Lizzo's back in. We, we, we done kicked her ass. 
But I see one girl that looks like Lizzo, and then I see another girl that is not, uh, it does not deserve to be in the top. She's not an ugly looking girl. She's not pretty in my eyes. I'm like, why is she in the top 10? And then she, she brought up again, it's not about how you look. No, no one fucking cares. And eventually, when it came down to it, they ended up choosing the right person. It's like mixed girl who absolutely freaking stunning curly hair. Dude, fantastic looking. There's no business that girl should have ever even been occasionally. But I guarantee she was because she was trying to be modest about herself. And they gave her a 10 out of 10. The group, like, outside audience voted her a 10 out of 10. Blah, blah, blah. And goes directly back to Dave Chappelle's thing. It's like, bro, you know, like, the funny thing is a lot of girls, even guys do too, man. Like, or bays, anybody can do it. Uh, but, like, they go into these bad bitch, bad, uh, bad guy, like, that era of, like, I'm gonna work out, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do stuff for myself, like, I'm that person, like, and they're some of the most, and unfortunately, in doing that, they think they're becoming better, they're not, like you said, addressing their flaws, and so when people like Dave Chappelle come and say the stuff that, you know, he says, then you sit there, oh, no, like, why'd he say that, like, oh my gosh, it's not even funny, like, bro, he's not even talking to you, he's talking to you, but you like nobody gives a fuck about you dog like this dude could come up here and say whatever the fuck he wants and he can get paid bread for that shit he could get paid your salary right now right there and there yeah yeah and it's, so just, it's just sad man because honestly like cop laughter makes laughter brings everybody together and good real unedited comedy is supposed to bring everybody together. When it's done right, and the problem is, is everyone is too hyper-focused on the joke that they see themselves in. That they can't even realize that, hey bud, it was just your time in the, in the Rolodex. He made fun yep. of the person beside you, the joke before. He's going to make fun of the person in front of you, the joke after, and the person behind you, the joke after that. He... These comedians will hit every single group. They're not leaving anyone out. Guess what? If you go to a comedy show, if I go to a comedy show, I expect for there to be jokes directed towards me inadvertently. Like, they might, they weren't trying That's to do that. You're going to catch straight. Yeah, they weren't trying to do that. And if you sit in the front row and, you, and you're a sensitive-ass nigga, who the fuck, like... Bro, you ain't never been to a comedy show before. If you sit in the front row, especially if they had a small venue, they about to roast every single one of y'all niggas. Every yeah. single one of y'all. Don't sit in the Crowd front work. row if you can't take a roast. Yeah, crowd work for sure. I mean, bro, that's a that's a thing in comedy shows. Like, every single comedian has a crowd work like segment where they're going to drill one, maybe one to maybe three or four people in the front row. It might be all of them depending on how long they're trying to make it be. Because some people are just naturally funny, and they can just rip stuff out of their ass. A lot of them have sets, which is normal. You have set jokes that you're going to hit on, it's going to hit. That is what it is. But, like, dude, I think, the like you said, it brings, just like music, laughter, that type of stuff brings everybody together. You can look around and lock eyes with somebody and laugh and literally feel more connected with them without even having to talk. Um... I think right now, and like you said, I think that's part of the reason why 
yes, comedy is definitely taking a turn. Like, movies aren't even the same anymore. Like, you can't even make an out-of-pocket movie joke. They don't even make comedy movies anymore. No, and if it's a comedy movie, it's a rom-com, and it's not even... Dude, I fucking hate rom-coms. <laughs> yeah, I hate them. Like, they are the most trash, trash, trash movie type of... And people are like, oh my god, rom-coms. Yeah, maybe like 2000s, early 2000s rom-coms, where it was like funny, oh, like, oh, that's kind of like... He's making, oh, wow, that's a little... Ooh, he was a little kind of... Because they always make the guys in the... They could it could sound creepy nowadays. Yeah, the yeah. things that they say to the girl, um, and it's like if you don't if you don't take yourself like you said too too seriously, don't take yourself so literally either. Like you're not that guy. Like you are not that guy, and you're not that girl. Like just as much as honestly, I mean, we kind of are those guys, but like, I mean, that's just us tooting our own horn. <laughs> I think I'm that, but I know I'm not always that guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I know I'm not always that guy, just as much as you know you're not always that guy. You should have that mentality, but don't take yourself, like you said, too seriously in the same vein while you're... Because, like, dude, life is only so long. Like, you can't just sit here and bitch and moan about every single thing that goes on. Like, if you go to a comedy show, I... I you heard it from Mike first. I've never personally been to a comedy show. Definitely want to go to something, some sometime. Um, in the future, but I know for a fact if I go in there, I'm looking to laugh. I don't care what is said to me unless somebody in the crowd says some out of pocket shit to me. Yeah, no, that's different. That's different. <laughs> that's completely different. Like, bro, you're not the comedian. Like, you can shut your fucking mouth. Like, keep, let me be. Let me be. Let me have my. Let me have my gin and tonic and be fine, bro. And if, and, if the, and if the comedian like. You know, like he he really found something when he locked in on you, started roasting, and he won't leave it alone. It's like, damn, nigga, I laughed at the first three, but like, you not see this fucking ugly ass nigga four rows over, like, making fun of him, bro. Like, I ain't that damn funny. Remember the Key and Peele skit? It's about like, um, it's like a campaign. And it's obviously uh, the, the light skinned dude, the lighter skinned dude, the lighter skinned bald guy. Is like the politician, and and then uh, the darker skinned guy is uh, in the crowd, and they're like we're we, and they're like advocating for like equal rights for like gay rights and all that stuff. It's like gay rights, and every time it comes to like gay, it is like always like goes to him, and then it gets to a point where he's like under the chair, <laughs> and then they're like, <laughs> and gay rights too. And <laughs> And they look right behind him. There's like a dude, obviously gay guy. And it's just like funny, bro. Like that type of like he and Peel is a perfect example, in my opinion, of guys that have like they found a really good balance when things were changing. Where they were like, because when they first started, bro, they were out of pocket, bro. Everything they were doing, just like Dave Chappelle esque, not so Dave Chappelle, where he's using the doing all this stuff. But man, they made it funny. They were like picking at. Every single ethnic group, every single group of people, every single sex, gender, whatever, like, did not matter. You were getting hands. You were getting hands. And if you didn't have the hands, if you didn't have the hands, you know, eat a couple punches, bro, you were knocked out. It's easy. So, I mean, I really hate it because, like, I mean, and not, not to hate on my sister. I love my sister to absolute death. But, like... My sister is a product of what this generation has become. Like, 
very sensitive, which is nothing wrong with being sensitive. Sensitive dude, bro. Like, I'm a sensitive guy. Like, I don't let a lot of stuff get to me, but I'm a sensitive guy for ladies out there listening. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I, uh, I also, I also understand, like, I think things are funny. There are things that I think in my head on a day-to-day basis when I'm out in public that I'm like, damn, that's kind of fucked up. <laughs> like, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I just have to be thought, intrusive thoughts like, damn, what if somebody just pushed him over? Yeah, yeah. That should be fucked, yeah. <laughs> I can't be going into too much detail, but... Uh, and also, like, the thing is, like, we have friends that we know... If they like good friends, and if they like were, um, if they were weekly listeners of the podcast, we would absolutely offend them on almost a week to week basis. Not because the jokes are even directed towards them, but because you know they're you know less inclined to take our humor as well as some people are. We are an acquired taste of humor. We you know we well it's because we we have real humor. It's not that fucking new generation. We just laugh at shit. And shit is funny, bro. It it really comes down to shit is funny, dude. There is funny situations, and no matter how bad the situation is, there is humor in it, I guarantee you. And if you can't spot it, I guarantee you me and Sterling can. And which is what we do most of the time on this podcast, is we spot the humor in whatever situation is going on. And there's a lot of shit that I would put in the dock sometimes, but I'm like, nah, we're not big enough to really get that. <laughs> we're still on the up right now. <laughs> like, we try to make it, but like, shoot, there's one of these days that I'm really fucking go left field. I'm gonna be like, damn. <laughs> yeah. I mean, dude, I I hope that like in my latter years, which I mean, it honestly might not even happen, to be honest with you. But um, I hope once I get a little bit older, you know, still being me, like I'm, you know, you're always a version of your childhood self. Like you never, like, you literally never lose that, like ever, bro. It should always. If you don't have an inner child in you, man, you're probably, like, you are probably absolutely miserable. You're probably a serial inner, killer. Probably a serial killer. Yeah. Um, shout out my boys, Jeffrey Down, my boy Jeffrey Down. I thought you were actually about to shout out some nigga you know. I was like, who the fuck you be hanging out with these things, bro? Hey, shout out to Quandre. That's my boy. Um, but, That's uh, racist. <laughs> you know niggas don't be serial killers, bro. We one off. <laughs> bro, it'd be wild. It'd be wild of that. Um, That'd be white but, people, bro. That's fact. It is white folk. No, no, ain't no hate on y'all. It's just the truth. It's that's hate, bro. That's hate. Y'all niggas be crazy. Adolf Hitler. No, and that's no offense to the Jews or whatever's going on in Palestine. That's, I mean, like he literally is the most notorious serial killer of all time. Uh, yeah. But, but that being said, with uh, you gotta have that inner child in yourself. Um, one, and that comes in your humor and that comes in the mistakes you continue to make as you get older too. Cause you still gotta grow, brother. And if you ain't growing, you probably must never mind. Let me not say that. <laughs> Let me not say that. But you know you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh I don't I don't encourage that at all. But um to the point, obviously I know Mike 
uh, I'm glad you enjoyed the show, man. I'm very envious of like you've been to see Dave Chappelle live. That's like that's I feel like anybody that likes comedy even a little bit, like that's a dream of theirs. He one of the greatest in the world to ever the greatest one of the greatest to ever and see him do it is just as much just as out of pocket as he is per usual is 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 a treat man i'm super glad you're able to witness that hope hopefully one day we might be able to see one ourselves you and i that should be funny as fuck i mean i can see myself right now like, oh man, yeah we bro. would be geeking bro <laughs> he's talking about your eyes right now brother no he's talking about both of us no you talking about that nigga down there <laughs> <laughs> he focused up nah man but uh speaking of guys that are funny trying to keep it on trying to keep it on a cool like I don't know. He'd be kind of rated R sometimes, depending on what's going on. Our boy Kai Sinat. Yes, we know Kai Sinat. Just kidding. We don't. Shout out Kai. Please get me on. Hey, bro. Shout me out at some point. Shout us out. Shout us out uh, at some point. Um, but Kai Sinat, if you didn't hear, is doing an IRL. If you guys don't know what IRL means, for the people that aren't gamers or live under a rock. Or stupid as fuck. <laughs> or just don't, or just don't use Google. Um, Hypenat is doing a in real life stream in jail for seven days. So I've been keeping up with it a little bit. He's had some Drewski. I don't think has Offset been up there yet. I know he's put that like Offset up there at one point. I haven't seen any Offset highlights. I know Christian Rock was up there for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and like. It's funny. Juicy shit was funny as fuck. Bro, he's funny as hell for no reason. He is <laughs> funny as fuck. I gotta show you one of his uh, one of his could have been records. Uh, you probably saw the clip, but that shit was the Spider-Man one when he's playing NPC. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, that's all time. That shit had me. <laughs> he said, what the fuck wrong with this nigga? <laughs> Uh, uh, so um back to the point uh some people are saying it's kind of corny it's kind of a little bit weird that he's like doing like a fake not fake but he's like living in jail with obviously all of his stuff his pc everything in there well it's like a mock Um, jail it's not like a real jail yeah it's like a it's it's a yeah mock jail but he's got a PC in there. He's got all the stuff to stream. I mean, the guy's got to still make his money and do whatever. He's got to stream it somehow. Um, while others are really saying that if you listen to rappers speak about fake lyrics, <laughs> what's the difference? <laughs> so, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, shout out Mike for that. That's a, that's a funny little uh, segue. But that being said, I'll go ahead and just kind of give my side on this between the two. Like, do I think it's corny that he's doing an alchemist? Or it's just like, or or vice versa? Is it just like, listen to rappers with fake lyrics? I don't give a fuck either way. I ain't got a song. I don't care, bro. What do we say on this channel, bro? What do we say on the show? Get your bread however you got to get it, bro. I ain't gonna, I am never going to disrespect nobody's hustle. Disrespect it at all. Bro, there's a lot of fucked up shit people do to get bread. I mean, I may not like it. I may not like it. I may not think it's good, but I gotta respect it. I mean, they're getting it. They're getting it how they gotta get it, and I can respect that. And when it comes to him doing the mock jail thing, 
Bro, Kaisenat is a genius. Like, this guy is literally bringing on some of the top people in pop culture into this mock jail while he's streaming this for seven days. Don't get it twisted. This man is already, like, he's done streams where he's asleep and tens of thousands of people, tens of thousands of people watch him. Why are y'all watching him then? He's going to do something even more more interesting now. He's going to be in a jail, and he's going to try to act it out. Bro, that's like putting me in a jail. Like, Tyson, that is the definition of putting, like, Mike, honestly, he might be worse than what we would be. Like, <laughs> it's like the definition of putting Mike and I in a jail, jail cell, a mock jail, and seeing us out. He's the nerdiest dude of all. He is a nerd. He does yeah. not belong in any type of jail. Mock jail, real jail, no matter. And then when it comes to the fake lyrics and rapper songs, you think I give a fuck about what the hell they talk about? The only person I'd be listening to is Drake because he'd be low-key admitting he'd be killing, he killed X and shit. That's it. Because <laughs> he's really about that life, bro. Like, he's about it. So, I don't know where you stand. I'm kind of like, I don't have an opinion on it. Like, because I just think it's stupid. People just don't. People just hate. People just have a, they have a real-life job. Their job is to hate everybody else and their grind and their hustle. Like, don't get me wrong, I'd be jealous of some people sometimes. That's what it is. But I ain't hate them. Like, that's fucking ridiculous. I didn't really have a problem with it at all. Uh, I think I think academics had the best analogy uh, when I was kind of listening to him break it down. So when I first heard that he was going, he was streaming a, a lot, he was doing an IRL stream in jail for seven days, I initially thought he was going in a real jail. Which I, which I thought, to me would have been like premier fucking content. Like oh, yeah. I would have oh, been yeah. locked on that anytime I had free time. That shit would have just been on screen. Like, bro, who knows what could pop off there? I was like, is he okay? Is he gonna be fucking? How's he gonna ensure that he's like safe and shit? Like, some of these niggas might not really be about that fucking little camera shit that he's doing. Like, I would so yeah. so. When I first heard it, I thought that was going to be the case, and I I honestly got, like, really excited. I was like, dude, this guy is, like, you know, he's really taking shit up another notch. Because streaming, and um, I will segue into another conversation about streams after we kind of dive into this point, but streaming is really taking off. Like, it, like people are obsessed with watching these folks, and these streamers are becoming really big individuals in the content space, and celebrity and, um, you know, uh, well-known people space in general. So, when I, uh, but academics had the best analogy. He was like, you know, a lot of people thought it was corny because one, he's faking the jail and you know, there's real people out here struggling in jail. Who gives a fuck about that? Nobody put them niggas in there. All right, well there's some people who got put in there that don't need to be in there, but 90% of y'all niggas, you know, <laughs> I don't feel bad, bro. Y'all did some stupid ass shit and you in there. So I mean like, I'm not pitying you because some other dude is, you know, mocking what you did. That That's, that's whatever to me. And but he said like, the reason why people are up in arms is because they're not really looking at it for what it is. He was like, it's basically a Mr. Beast simulation type YouTube video where Mr. Beast sets up like a squid games and puts all these people in here and have them, you know, go through the obstacle and see what happens. And that's essentially what Kaisenet's doing where he created like a jail cell 
obstacle scenario situation. And he's just putting a bunch of people in there and just, you know, creating content and let's see what happens. That's the mindset you have to go in in the video to appreciate what he's doing. Um, so I don't think it's corny. It took a little bit out of it for me when I realized that it was a mock because what was exciting to me was like the unexpected of a real jail. Like what could like what could really happen? And when I knew that, like okay, for for the most part, everything that's going on here is staged. Then you know it took a little excitement out of me, but it's still cool. Like it, it's basically staged content. It's a comedy show. It's in real life, you know, television that they're putting on in front of your eyes and it's nonstop for seven days. It's still impressive. So I'm not mad at it. And when I and when we speak on rappers doing fake lyrics like it is what it is I'm not mad at that either like as long as the flow is hype like who gives a fuck if I come out if I make a nice ass flow and I say I kill seven niggas like bro that's just what it is dog like I might put a teardrop on my eye because I'm really like that at least my bars say they are like shit you might actually kill seven niggas but you can't rap it like I do nigga like get the fuck out of here bro who cares if you really shot seven niggas I made that shit sound nice on the track. <laughs> That's fact, bro. It's like, I'm not hurt by anything that, like, I respect the, bro, like, honestly. And speaking of streamers kind of lifting off, I don't know if you know, you know Speed, right? I show Speed. Yeah, right? yeah. He was at the Ballon d'Or Awards. Like, the, the, like, the premier award show for international, nat, like, the world of soccer. Yeah. And was getting pictures with, Every one of the stars, everybody, bro. Like he is a streamer. Like that's not his day to day job. And that's why, like, bro, there's a little corniness in any type of streaming. Like if you're streaming a game and you're talking over it, it's corny a little bit. It has its own way of being corny. But it's like I'm not sitting here thinking it's corny. Like I'm not. Oh, this look. I've done it. I sit there and I watch streams sometimes. Like there's guys I watch that play games that I, I played and. But like some people I just enjoy like hearing them talk about certain things, and it's like, oh, like that's kind of cool. But there's nothing wrong with him trying to go outside the box and like kind of like academics and like he's doing exactly what Mr. Beast did. He's just not posting it in a video, and he'll he will eventually post it in a video through the fact like he will put it up on YouTube so he gets more money. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, who's mad at that man? Like. Well, that's so corny. And I know, you know, the funny thing is, we know exactly what type of motherfuckers are saying that's corny. Because you know the only type of people that say the word corny? What? You know the only people that use the word corny? No, nigga. That's why I said what? No, niggas. Niggas oh. are the only ones <laughs> that use the word corny. And well, that's facts. what I mean, because the white people eat that shit up. Yeah, I mean, it's, and it's goofy. It's goofy, and like I said, it's just like, being like in a jail like even if it's mock it's like to see how we respond bro i'd still be tweaking a little bit even if i knew it was staged i'd still be a little weirded out like i don't like being in a winner's jumpsuit all day like fucking yeah. around doing whatever like i see my people at drewski i mean i don't know if your son rock is my friend but like be there like i think i think Blueface is actually going to come in too at some point um it's got to be it's a day left right 
I mean, if Blueface and Cristiano Rock were in there at the same time, you know, that might be just as dangerous of a situation as real jail. <laughs> no, it would be. It'd be probably worse than real jail because the officers ain't, they ain't really real, real. They don't really care, care about this. But, I mean, bro, I think it's premium uh, to a certain degree. Like you said, definitely takes a Okay, like, it's still cool. Um, but he's going to continue doing stuff that's out of the box. It's going to be like, oh, like he's putting, trying to put himself in, in real-life situations that most people aren't going to want to put themselves in necessarily. Not, like, crazy dangerous ones, but, like, ones that he can mock up and do whatever. And he will continue to make money off of this, and he will continue to make great content. And like and he's, that he's is great job. at making that content, and it's basically the new reality TV. And so, you know, one question I had that I uh, wanted to run by you too is: Are streamers the new rappers? Because what I've noticed is that if you really pay attention, rappers are going to streamers to get clout. And I feel like a lot of people think that these streamers are getting rappers on their stream so they can get clout, but I really look at it the other way around. I think these rappers need to be on that, on Kai's and that stream to get that, like, stamp Why do you think approval. Offset went up there? Why do you think Offset went up there a couple weeks ago? Bro? Exactly. It's like the Breakfast Club. It's like, if you're going to, to say you've made it, you got to hit these publications. you got to hit the Breakfast Club. you got to hit Kai Sinat. You Now you got to you got to get a Bobby Altoff interview. That's when those are all like the stamps of approval. I'm here. I've arrived. And I feel like rappers now, I feel like the rappers get more out of joining the stream than the streamer gets out of the rapper coming on their stream. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is I think it's two reasons why. One is you're touching an audience that isn't always your, your, your like number one audience when it, that you're making. Typically, I'm not saying, I mean, Katsunat's got a lot of people that probably listen to Offside and, you know, the people that for uh, 21 Savage, etc. Because everybody listens to those folks to some degree. 21 especially, but it's broadening their horizons. And even Drake talked about it on his song. He said, most of my homies are streamers making more money than you. Like, basically saying, I make more money. They make more money than all you rappers do. And they, they really... And they do, bro. Like, they're not making, like, Kai's a genuine guy because the guy has a broken-ass chair in his stream setup, a fucked-up chair that he's had since he's been streaming. This guy makes so much. Stupid, bro. Like, somebody like Aiden Ross, just he, he signed that $75 million a year contract for two years. That is basketball players don't make that money, bro. Like, these niggas are really out here. Um, what's the one kid that's blowing up? Neon. I don't know if you've ever watched Neon. Yeah, that motherfucker's yeah, yeah. wild, bro. He, he just be saying some fucked up shit. And I can't even lie to you. Like, I'll, um, I don't watch the live streams, but I'll watch, like, the clips that come up on YouTube. And I'm like, this shit's, like, intriguing. I think people like that it's so raw. Like, you're, they're just streaming. I per- and personally, I think... I would prefer more the IRL streamers than like the ones that are just kind of like sitting down and reacting to shit. I like the ones that are just living, like moving around and just 
have a camera crew follow them and they're just like out and about. To me, that shit is like really good content. Like, I don't know. I'm a fan of just very raw content, which is why like this podcast is very raw. We don't do like, we don't cut shit out really. Sometimes if, like there's a fuck up. We're not really cutting anything out. We're not like, this is not super produced. This is just, we have some topics. We sit down. I don't know what you're going to say. You don't know what I'm going to say. We don't have a direction that we want to take it. And, you know, we really don't even know how long we're going to talk on, this, on a topic. Like, we just sit down and we just start fucking talking. And that's what I like. And that's what I feel like people are grabbing to. And the reason why I think rappers need the streamers more is because they have the youth. The youth is watching streams. That is, like, I feel like that's a huge transition to content. Like, streaming is just now, it's, it's kind of like making its horizon. A lot of these big streamers now are going to be like Mount Rushmore streamers that kind of paved the way for what the space will eventually become. But I think that that is going to be, it's going to eat a lot of market share when it comes to content. Because people are really going to, you can't, you can't fabricate a live stream and you can't bullshit an eight hour live stream. You like the real you is going to come out eventually. Like, so for the people who do YouTube or blah, 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 and they, you know, they cut up a bunch of shit and they look real perfect and they're always like got this persona. And even the rappers, the rappers have, the rappers always have this persona, this, this prestige around them. That, oh, I'm tough, blah, 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 blah. Well, if you get on Kai Sinat live stream for seven hours, we gonna find out if you really that nigga like that. Like, if you really like that, because you can't fake that for seven hours, bro. Like, the camera's gonna catch something, and that's what people like about it. Like, if you chilling there, and, you know, you start letting your guard down, like, Offset, and, you know, I'm sure Offset's really like that. I'm not, I'm not questioning Offset, but, like, when he's on the live stream with Kai Sinat, he just looked like a dude hanging out with dudes. And it's just That's good content. Real. It feels good. It's like, damn, this nigga a real nigga. Like, he ain't like, you know, he's just really hanging out with these guys and they really just having fun like fucking kids. They really look like big ass babies, like <laughs> hanging out in that fucking mansion, which is which is dope content. So I mean, I thought it I thought that like I really do feel like these rappers need these streamers. Because the streamers hold the youth, and it's in real time. And if you go up there and you have a good content space, and you know you have a good seven-hour window where you're with these people and you have fun, man, you can hold those new fans for life. Like they'll they'll ride with you for life off of the IRL stream because it it just feels really real. Yeah, and ultimately, like you know, like. Why, like, remember, like, back in the day, like, back in the day, people still do it now, which I think is so fucking weird and corny. Not even corny, it's just weird. It's like, back in the day when people used to do, like, CD signings and shit, right? Like, because you get to meet the person and, like, your, your celebrity and, like, person, or, like, your art, your favorite artist in person, which there ain't nothing wrong with doing that. I think it's great. Especially when you're coming up, right? Like, you gotta do those things. But, like, when you see people being real as fuck on something that's, like, like you said, ain't taped, ain't scripted. Because, like, you know, people are like, that's what vlogs are. Vlogs, you, if you, when you put a vlog up on you, they cut some shit out of there. Don't, don't act like they didn't cut. They probably, there's some guys I watch, uh, no offense to Good Good Golf. I think Good Good Golf is 
super super cool i love the i love the content and i really enjoy it, it and i like because long form for me so like i don't like watching a bunch of other videos having to find another one that sort of thing i'm the same way yeah so like but they they're like they're still family friendly to a degree like they don't curse or anything obviously because it can demonetize their stuff i get that like they would be about to cuss and they'll cut it and like that's i mean and there's nothing wrong with that if they're cursing i don't care but obviously for their brand and for what they're trying to do and for the money they have to make because they're extremely successful over a million subscribers like guys are huge but like there's certain ways you have to go about it like kai literally kai aiden ross like we got one of the best freestyles honestly one of the best freestyles i heard in a minute off of aiden ross's stream yeah from from hey that my boy <laughs> down bad tour. <laughs> that's my fucking gosh. Fuck you, Meg the Stallion. That's some shit. But like, I mean, bro, like it's so cool because people really think these guys are some weirdos because they really are all nerds. They're just all like, and they're so normal looking. They're the most normal looking guys on the planet. Yeah. Like Aiden Ross is one of the most normal looking dudes I've ever seen. Genuinely ever seen. Like Kai he, uh, he's like a fucking like he, he just looks like and, and then and so and they're also they're hanging out with these bad ass fucking uh Instagram models and YouTube yeah. famous chicks and so a lot of these normal ass kids see themselves in these streamers and seeing them finally bag these badass chicks and they're like, oh damn, I can be like Aiden, I can be like Neon. And if you can make somebody feel that way, then you're gonna you're gonna capture them and that's just gonna go crazy. That's what it's all about, bro. Like I mean that's about that's the persona like that's just about being a person, bro. That's how you make that's how friends and like in your in your own personal life that obviously you're not always, you know, streaming or doing whatever. It's like you gotta be around people that are gonna inspire you. You're gonna want to be like them. They they bring out the best in you. All that other, you know, all that little soft shit. But like, ideally, bro, like that's what like is more realistic. I know in this in every space at this point, everyone's like, oh, everything's saturated, saturated, saturated. Everything's fucking saturated at this point, bro. The internet exists. Everything is saturated. It does not matter. You have to have find a way to have find a niche. And then work your way through that market, make make a community, and then build up from there. That's what it's all about. And that's what all these guys and gals continue to do. They'll grow their brands. Like, if you want to get be on Instagram for all the ladies out there and for the, any guys that want to be Instagram influencers, you go do your thing. And I'm never going to tell you not to. But bro, that's not where the that's not where you find light. Like you said, people that you can connect with that are going to be right of guys for, with you forever. It's like the streaming shit, bro. Like you really get to understand who somebody is on day to day, how they move, how they talk, how they interact with people, what do they like to do, like those sort of things. And I think it's super dope. I really think it's super cool because I've been watching streams since 2016, 2017. It got put on Monty from college. Shout out Monty. But I was watching like gamers. It's I taught some IRL streams. They weren't even really big IRL streams back then, but like just like here and there, like people yeah. just talking and doing whatever. But I'm super happy that like 
this is a this is a bright spot in this generation, in my opinion. Like it's a bright spot where the internet has social media and it, it has really destroyed a lot of stuff like we were talking about earlier when it comes to comedy and all that stuff. But this is a bright spot and this is a great opportunity for people to like understand like it doesn't matter what you want to do if you just do it right, bro, and enjoy it the best way you can and try to make other people like not I mean ideally the goal is to make money from doing anything that you enjoy to monetize it to some degree so you can live off of it. <clears throat> but do something you love and then passion. Nothing but good things can happen, bro. And I think it's super fucking sick. Kasha Nat, you are an absolute inspiration for anybody out there. I think it's super cool what you're doing. Um, and, I mean, there's videos of him, like, talking. He made, like, when he hit, like, 100,000 subs or something like that. It's crazy, bro. Like, that, that shit almost brought me to tears. Yeah, that shit was crazy. Yeah, she's like, you made it. Like, you you made it, blah, blah, blah. First of all, I want to put that in perspective for y'all, y'all motherfuckers. $5 is the minimum subscription on Twitch for Twitch for a Twitch sub to like subscribe to a streamer, they get about three bucks of that, depending on your Twitch view. About three hundred k a month. Three hundred thousand dollars before, before advertisements. Before advertising, before any other endorsement stuff that they do outside of the advertisements off of Twitch, brother. Not including these, their YouTube channels. <laughs> YouTube channels, any TikTok, any other platforms that they're on, Instagram. Yeah, bro, they're making that when we say they're making bread, like I start, you start, if you start figuring out how the numbers look, they start looking dumb. They if we get dumb. to that point, oh my God, these podcasts going to be funny as hell because I'm going to be ignorant as shit. <laughs> you can't tell oh, me yeah. nothing, bro. We going to be out here fucking saying whatever. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, we'll get Bobby all talked to come our show. And, <laughs> our show. And she, we look, you say she's going to be in that character. Like, well, Hell no. Nah, bro. We got she got a crack. She got a crack on the press. She's been cracking a lot as of lately. Interview, her, but um, but yeah, man. Like, I think it's super sick. I'm super happy that um, Kai is doing something different, um, and continuing to change it, change the face. But speaking of rappers needing streamers, because shit, my boy might need one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Look at the rope, the solid segue. That might have been one of your best. Oh, yeah. Uh, this man, little Baby, previewed a new snippet. It's like a little 20, 23 seconds uh, of him in a limo. With, he looks, the guy he's with looks familiar. I don't know who he is, but he looks familiar. But he's in a limo with some other guy. Obviously, my boy, look, uh, Lil Baby, is absolutely faded. But this snippet's fucking true. Um, Let's call it how it is. Let's call it how it is. Let's call it how it is. It's trash. Um, is it time, Mike, for us to have a little baby fall-off conversation? Because, I mean, shit. This woman. He was doing something. He said. Just chilling in that way. Dude, it's been fucking time. And I've been saying it. I've been alluding to it for a while. I mean, I guess I hadn't strictly said he's like, he's falling off, but I've been saying that he's on a tight leash and his next project is extremely important to the remainder of Lil Baby's legacy. 
And I'm going to say this right here. Lil Baby might have the most disappointing fall off of any rapper that I can think of in recent memory. And because he was... Lil Wayne, all the best rappers from our generation all claim Lil Baby as the next guy. They were like, he's my favorite rapper. He could not miss. And he couldn't miss. When he came out, he he reminded me so much. I thought that he was going to be... And people put this label on so many rappers of this generation's Lil Wayne. They put that on so many rappers. And I really thought Lil Baby had a chance to do that. One, because how often he was putting out music and how well it was sounding. Two, because he kind of had that, like... Um, yang, 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 yang. Yeah, yeah, I don't really know what he's saying, but, this, but I know he's saying something that's pretty hard. <laughs> like, he kind of had that in him, too, and he was killing features, which is all a resemblance of Wayne, and obviously, like, um, Drake took a lot of that, too, like, because Wayne's his predecessor, Drake did a lot of those same things. And so it looked like Lil Baby was lined up. He was like he was ready to go. And then he hit this wall. And what the problem is, the problem is, is these rappers have one flow. And what helped Lil Baby is his flow was killer. It was killer. And it took a while till we got drained of the flow. And he's so talented lyrically that I felt like, oh, he can find another flow, like he can, like he's gonna evolve, and he just does not evolve. It's like he's, it's like he's stuck on these same sounding. He's not even really ch- changing the beats. And this new snippet, the beat's different. But how, how is the beat gonna be like the most different beat that he's ever rapped on, and he still rap on it the exact same? Like, <laughs> you know, I just don't understand to be honest, like. It's disappointing because he was the only one that I looked at from the landscape that I felt like could you know, was worthy of the torch, that was worthy of moving rap game forward. And I know we speak about this all the time, but it's... We spoke about it before on a pod previously. We remember, yeah. I remember we spoke about it. We literally said, he's got to be the guy. This was like back when we first started doing episodes. Literally like one of the very first, maybe the first, within the first five, probably. Back in like February, March. Guarantee, and we literally said he has to do it or this shit just going, we don't know what, we, we don't know what's going to happen. Now There's no one else. Was, who else? Yeah, was, if it's not Lil Baby, who else? Drake's about to stop making music. J. Cole about to stop making music. Kendrick I mean, never bro. made music. <laughs> <laughs> Kendrick's going to be like, oh shit. He's going to wake up, he's going to be 55 years old, but I'm going to drop an album. Like, no, bro, it's too late, bro. It's too late. Like, we're in our 40s. We got kids. I can't be bumping this shit with my kids or bro. I can't. I can't do it. My wife would kill me. <laughs> Kanye can't get enough good press out there to drop an album. He's, he's, so he's got to take a long hiatus because of how much bad press he puts out there, and he can't drop an album. It's pathetic. It is really rush. Hey, but he got a, he got an album coming out with fucking. Well, they say he's got an album coming out with Ty Dolla Sign. I'm not too crazy about like the Ty Dolla Sign part, but like new Kanye, I'm sure the music will sound good. But whatever. Yeah. My point is, is Lil Lil Baby. He he's really and and it and what I think is going on as I think that because what we didn't have 
back in the day with our rappers is they weren't the, the money wasn't as accessible as it is today. These niggas are getting to insane bags the moment right. they blow up. The moment they blow up, there's so much, so many different ways to get money. And so when you see them now, the drive and the hunger, it just doesn't last as long. And the drive and the hunger is what makes the best music. When you, when you look back and you think of, oh, why can't he make, uh, why can't Drake make another Take Care? Why can't Lil Wayne make another Carter 3? It's because the niggas were trying to get to the bag when they were making that. They got the bag now. That hunger, you can't just replicate that. You can't just go in the studio and be like, all right, I'm a rap like I need to eat tonight. Like, you just can't <laughs> you can't do it. And so these niggas get to they like get to a they touch a hundred mil in the first two, three years that they're rapping. So they already gone through what used to be a five to seven year rap cycle in two to three years because they've touched so much money and now they're unrelatable. Now they have not shit to rap about. Now they have no hunger and no real need to rap. They can go to a club and just show up and get paid 50 grand because they showed up and leave in 10 minutes. They literally show up. Every The DJ points them out, hey, we got a little baby in the house, blah, 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 blah. And then they just walk out, 50K, boom, mine. I would hit every single, if I was on Glenwood, I'd hit every single goddamn club. I'm a dog with 50K, boom. <laughs> I, 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 walk, I walk in, motherfucker, and I be on the shits, bro. Quick, I be like, yep. Uh, don't let that girl come in here, bro. If she want to come with me, she need to go to the room. Don't even, don't, <laughs> hey, don't even bring her to the booth. Don't even bring. I won't even be here that long. You won't even have to be here that. Long. And I'm telling you, bro. One of the most disappointing things for me is that like. It's the fact with this particular snippet, like I said, this shit is fucking. But like, it's just like he really think he got something. I'm like, I hope the rest of the song is better than this, bro. Because that's the hook. That's the worst part. Is he think he was on something? Have you seen the video of Roddy Rich when he was previewing that new song? And like the live stream started off with eleven thousand people, and it just kept dropping. <laughs> he was pissed as fuck. That's what I felt like when Lil Baby released this snippet. Nah, man, and like my boy Jack Carlos, shout out the white boy out there, bro. He put a snippet up. Now we were talking. I was. We were literally talking. I know you were talking about that shit. <laughs> this dog just woke up. Walk to the corner and fucking piss. You gotta be fucking cute. And don't, don't come over here trying to look all cute now. Like, what the fuck? Alright, what were you saying? You know what fucking pissing for? You woke up for like two seconds. You've been up for two seconds, my nigga. Hey, man, that's, what, that's the first thing I do when I get up. Come on now. Hey, uh, go back. All right, go ahead. Yeah. I don't want y'all to see it. Witness him uh, discipline. Oh, um, you got the shit now? Oh, you got... Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. my God, bro. Bow. Hey, Bow. <sighs> All right. Cool. But, uh... <laughs> we have one more topic after this, dude. That shit wet as hell. <laughs> Dude, dude, you gotta clean that up. Just go clean it, bro. Like, 
we can we can do what we gotta do. Like clean it up. I don't care. No, no, we'll run it. We'll run it. Go uh, ahead. You walk in that room next to his office. He's gonna be he's gonna be waking up deep from this shit. Uh, <laughs> motherfucker. Um, well, yeah, Jack Harlow just dropped a snippet, fucking gas, and we were talking about it prior to the pod. I'm like, damn, this shit's fire. And But we were, like, hoping it's not, like, first class, where we weren't, both weren't fans of it. Um, and I'm hoping it's opposite with Lil Baby in this song and then his album, Don't Suck. Because, like you said, if this next album sucks, it's a rap, my G. It's hey, a rap. Not, hey, that chain you were pulling on the car, you might need to go and hit that hit the pawn shop with that one, bro. Cause you really might fall off Sprite. They gonna take away your fucking deal, <laughs> and you ain't gonna have no more other endorsements. You be sitting on, and yeah, man, get back in that. Like, I don't even know what the hell you saying, but guess what, brother? It ain't working no more. Cardi B like got it figured out because she out here. How is she out here? One of the biggest rapper ever, and had one album in six years. <laughs> like what? Like she got it figured out. She ain't even gonna let nobody say she fall off. She ain't giving us another album. Mm-hmm. That's a fact. She ain't even trying to put out one. Because, like you said, the money is so accessible now. Where if you get to the bag, however you get, like bro, get to your bag. Don't make a fool of yourself. And then this is motherfucker. He must have just dropped every single piece of artwork he had, artistry he had. In the first three and a half, four years, he was rapping because that shit is just dry as the dry as the bottom of the fucking well. Like he is literally that shit makes no sense. But uh, it's, well, I was gonna say dry as dry as a you know. I'll tell you what's not dry is this fucking shit that smells fucking terrible. <laughs> well, you know who else is shit? <laughs> Our boy Chatting was joking. Um, <laughs> you tried it. You tried it. But, nah, I don't know if you have any final thoughts. And I really. I'm through a little baby. <laughs> Speaking of that, you know we got to hit on some sports. The NBA season just recently started, regular season, not that preseason bullshit. Um, and we obviously have the two renowned rookies coming in the league. Obviously, Victor Ramanyama. And then Chet Holmgren, uh, they're starting. They're starting their young careers off pretty strong, both of them. Right now, Victor Wembanyama through his three games he's played, uh, he's averaging 15, 15 or sixteen points, seven rebounds, two assists, and shooting forty five from the field. While we've got Chet at fifteen points, six rebounds, two assists, sixty one from the. Um, that being said, um, the question we have to, it begs the question do we think it's going to be Chet or Victor Riminyama or somebody else being rookie of the year this year? <clears throat> Is it my go? You want me to start off? Yeah. I will start off. All right. Listen, Wimby is an absolute freak. He looks unreal on the floor. Like, if you've seen, like, the side profile videos of him guarding somebody, 
and it looks like and like you see him on one on one baseline over here by the three point line, and the other nigga doing a pick and roll on the other baseline. Somehow he stole that ball, and <laughs> so you're stealing balls from the other side of the court and shit. Like he looks crazy to me, and I think like everyone's hyping him up, but to be honest, he looks every ounce of the hype. And you know, if you and if you're someone who's like me who has trained his eye to see past what is today and what can be in the future, I see nothing but greatness in his career. Absolute greatness. And here's why I think Chet, here's why I like Chet better than Wimby. Wimby has everything. He's seven foot five. He's an anomaly. We've never seen anybody like him. He has all the intangibles. He can hit you with the... You know, that shit I used to be hitting Sterling with all the time, blow by his break. What do you mean? You get to another camp. I'm trying to do stop for a pull up. Stop for a pull up. Still Russell Westbrook, that shit, bro. Hey, but just yeah. like Russell Westbrook, I hit that lane. I'm... You already know. I hit him with the. All right, so uh, essentially. Why I'm more of a Chet guy over Wimby, and I'm not necessarily saying Chet's going to have a better career. I'm not necessarily saying, but I, what I will say, though, is when Chet and Wimby go head-to-head, I think that Chet will be the best of them more than Wimby will because when I watch Wimby play, this is what I say to everybody when I talk about basketball and talk about players. I remember I had a biggest debate with some of my fraternity brothers back in the day about Kyle Kuzma or Brandon Ingram. And I went with Brandon Ingram over Kyle Kuzma over one simple fact that everyone overlooks but is the most important when it comes to basketball players and individuals when you're considering who's better than the other. And it comes down to one thing, and that's dog. Dog always wins in basketball. I like People overlook that all the time. You can't have this smiley-ass fucking nigga who's always polite and shit. That ain't going to do shit for you on the court. I guarantee you, dogs win. Michael Jordan, Kobe, Shaq, niggas are dogs, bro. You ain't fucking with them. And even if you fuck with them, bro, they're not phased. They're dogs. And I see more dog in Chet than I do Wimby. And when when they play, the style of play, like, Chet is really, to me, he plays, like, kind of pissed off. He plays like I'm trying to prove something. Wendy is just like, he's just good. Like, he don't really seem like he's mad. Um, when he does something good, obviously he does the fucking, you know, fucking shit. We all do that. That's, you know, that's just commonplace. I feel like we come out the womb. I feel like when you're a two-year-old baby and you fucking put the ball in that little three-foot goal, the kids already know to do the flex and whatnot. That ain't mean nothing. But, like, uh, fucking Jokic was like, uh, Chet, Chet's really good, but he needs to get fatter. And Chet was over here, like, chirping back and was like, you know, I mean, it's hard to get bigger when you ain't fat, nigga. Like, I mean, he didn't say nigga, but he did say that. So I'm like, bro, this nigga's got dog in him. He looks like he ain't scared of nobody. He ain't scared of no moment. And although he's not as tall as Chet, he's got all the skills. He's got the same skill base. And when it comes to individual players, I'll always go with the dog. I'm going Chet Holgren, Holgren for Rookie of the Year as long as the storyline and the media prop up doesn't take over from the media. I, mean, I think that's the hardest thing to, to, to 
the fight, man, because like it's the same thing about the Patrick Mahomes effect. Like the Patrick Mahomes effect is a thing, bro. They talk about Patrick Mahomes like Patrick Messiah. The Messiah. That man came from another planet, basically. I think when he's fantastic, I, I mean, I've, I've watched a few of his little highlights, just as much as I've watched Chets as well. Obviously, you're going to see Wimby a bit more because he was number one overall, even though Chet was only number two, literally right behind him. Um, I do agree with you. I think Chet does have that dog. I definitely don't think – I think Wimby's got that little French savant fit with him where he's kind of – you know, he, he thinking about French kissing the girls and shit, some weirdo type. <laughs> um, I do believe that when it comes down to it, I think Wimby will win it for two reasons. One, you already mentioned it, the media. Two, I think he is going to be hard to guard his first year in the league because they're going to have to learn how to guard. Chet is a difficult person to guard. I mean, he's 7-1, dribbled the ball, like you had mentioned, even prior to the pod, KD. The guy's got swag. He's got this, that, the other. I think he's great, man. I think he'll be a really good good ball player. That's barring health for both of them because they're both long and lanky and they got really tall. We know how that we know that typically goes with guys that, that height, unfortunately. Yeah. But one, like I said, is media, who is going to be hard to guard when be in his first year. I don't think I, – I mean, think about it. LeBron is 6'9", but LeBron weighs 260 pounds. That's what they say. That boy is – but, like, 260 pounds. LeBron can't guard Wimby. He can't guard him. He'll, I mean, Wimby don't even have to back him down. He'll throw the ball up. Throw above the rim. I know LeBron can't pushing him outside of the paint, and he's just turning around like fucking uh, – and just – <laughs> like he, he can still dunk it. When he was literally inside of the key. Yeah. And was like and reached out to the three point. I was like, nah, dude. I, I hey, I'd be like, hey coach, give me the fuck out of here. Take me out of here. This is an alien. I don't want to play against it. I would I mean that would piss me off, bro. That would genuinely piss I'm like, nah, that's not even funny, bro. Would but, that piss you off more or would I hit you with the <laughs> Which one used to piss you off more? I mean, I don't know. Both of them pretty nasty when I think about it. <laughs> I, mean, I, think, I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be. It'll be a fun race, like I said, barring health, barring no injuries. That's what I mean. Like, I really hope they both stay healthy throughout the entirety of their career, which is nearly impossible at this point because like these NBA stars sit more than they play at this point. Um, but. It's going to be hard for Chet to overcome the media standpoint, let alone the ability that people have to guard with me. But the head-to-heads are going to be the, going to be the thing, like you mentioned. That's going to be great. <laughs> yeah, you're right. The media is definitely going to make it tough for him. Um, it, I mean, it's hard, bro. It's hard. It's hard. And one thing that we're seeing with these two guys, because I do want to make this point, because I, I, a lot of people used to say this all the time, and uh, I think it was. Sh- I think this point was short-sighted. A lot of people used to say what Steph Curry did for the league was revolutionize it for the little man, so the little man can you know become suitable enough. It's a game that a little man can 
adapt and be able to take it all the way to the pros because Steph is obviously not the biggest guy. He's not small by any means. He's taller than wow. any of you regular niggas. I know he looks short on the screen. He's taller than all you regular niggas. He ain't regular. But um, <clears throat> but he still had a game that's adaptable for shorter niggas to play and, you know, be good at. And a lot of people say he revolutionized that game and allowed that allowed for that to happen. But to me, that was a short-sighted point. What we're seeing today is what Steph Curry really did. What Steph Curry really did was force the big man to play like a little man. And what we're about to see is the macro effect of Steph Curry. And the macro effect is that because it's so important to play like Steph or to have some capability of that in your game, that we're going to see a bunch of seven foot, six foot ten, seven foot five niggas, tall, lanky ass niggas hooping like KD and Steph. That's what he's really going to do. And he's going to migrate back to tall players again. Like, I guarantee you, all that's happening. The short side was, yeah, the little guys saw it and they could adapt it quick because, you know, that's their style of play. It was easier for them to adapt. But the macro bigger picture is that it forced the big dudes to learn how to play like that. And once they learn how to play like that, it's over again for short niggas. The league is going back to tall. And those players are going to be insane. They're going to be players that we've never seen before. Hence, Wimby and uh, Chet. And obviously, KD is you know already like that. But we're going to see that more regularly. It's, it's like... It's funny because they literally like NBA my players, bro. Like, you know, you make these guys like seven six and just jump from the free throw line, bang on anybody. It's unfair, and I I do agree with you. That's ideally not ideal, but that's basically what stuff in the league is made of. Because like over the past probably six to seven years, all you've seen is big men shoot. Like you do need a power big man. You need somebody that can be that guy that. Your your Kavon Looney's your uh, Javale McGee, excuse me, like he was back in the day. Like you need those guys, but Brodsky, I don't know. It's gonna be hard because I feel like now, like I said it earlier, it's like the health for those guys at that size is so hard to maintain. It's an incredible task to stay healthy at that size, no matter if you're seven one. 200 like Chet or 75, 210, 215, 220 like Wendy, and still light. Bro, that's the only thing I fear, and I hate it for them because, like, they got foot issues all the time. And I'm like, brother, like, I don't have the problem with wearing a size 20 shoe, bro. Like, look, I ain't got that issue. And I'm sure, you know, that equates to a lot of other problems too. But we ain't here to speak about that. We're here to speak with. We're here to speak about basketball. So when, it comes to the, when it comes to the game, I think that ultimately it will just it will do its cycle. I think you're right. It will make the big man become said like Steph, like a Kevin Durant, like basically Kevin Durant's been doing since he came in the league. But but ultimately. Health is going to be the biggest issue that's going to basically stunt that from being a norm for too long. And I don't want that for anybody, but I know that's just the facts in the human anatomy and how we work, like our our bodies work. Yeah. And 
I'm excited for both of these guys' young careers. I mean, there's a couple of the real fucking trash, to be honest. Except for what's his face from, uh, he's like a guard. I don't know what team, but I don't know. I can't think of it off the top of my head, but most of the other rookies are trash, but they look scared, bro. Like, that's what they do. Like, they always wonder why these guys get to the league like they were stars in college and they get to the league and it's like they don't want to play no more. It's, I'm like, bro, it's one, it's confidence. These dudes have been fine on confidence since they were in high school, bro. Like, since they were in high school, it's like probably freshmen. Since they're like 14 years old, they've been riding a crazy topic, but they could do nothing. And then they get to the league with dudes that not only are probably better than them, Definitely but are, better than them. But are just as fast, just as quick, stronger, more experienced, and know what the hell is going on. And have I think that's the biggest thing. Here. I think it's the first time in a lot of these uh, rookies' lives where they're not the clear-cut guy. Like, most of these, every single person who got drafted, I'm pretty sure if you go back and look at their childhood, from the time that they were in middle school all the way up until the point they got drafted, they were that nigga. It's very very rare that, like, they were just some dude riding the bench and then one day it just all clicked. Like, they they had been that nigga every single grade that they've been coming up and it was like, oh, no one can touch me. Oh, ninth grade, no one can touch me. Oh, senior year of high school, no one can touch me. Oh, okay, I'm at Duke, no one can still touch me. Oh, I'm really like that. And then Steph Curry comes and hits you with the and like, damn, I can't touch this. Oh, bro, where'd you go? And that's like a shot. It's like a shot to their cop, like like you said, to their confidence. Like they've never had to persevere through that. They've never had to work their way up to be the the guy. They've always just been the guy. And so a lot of times you see people who like you see those players that are drafted in the second round that come up and, you know, they work hard and they be, they become better role players than some of the higher round picks. And that's because those guys, while they were always still, like, the guy, but they probably had to work at being the guy at some point in their life. They, they were always just walking the court and no one's been able to touch them. So I feel like that's, always, that's probably a big plan, too. Yeah, I mean, if you guys don't know anything about sports, the people that aren't big sports watchers or – listeners or, or just keep up with it a ton. I mean, like, confidence is everything when it comes to sports, especially male. I mean, not even sports, female sports, too. It's all sports, yeah. Dude, like, if you come in, like, it's like for you, you played soccer. Like, if you ever, if you would have ever taken a penalty kick, like, penalty kicks are, like, one of the most nerve-wracking things you can Um And I'm going to, I've never taken one person myself, but just from what I hear and what I see, it's like, that's one of the most nerve-wracking things anybody can do. Whether that's in a penalty shootout or just like that, if you don't have the confidence, bro, you'll sky that thing. You'll try to you try too much. You might just flat out like hit it soft and miss kick it. Like there's all different things you do. Just as much as taking a jump shot, bro. It's like when dudes are like feeling themselves. That's why they say like when a shooter sees the ball go in, it's confidence for them. They're like, oh shit. That's why they like, we don't want to let Steph just see stuff go in. And what, happens, what happens when they lose that confidence is they start thinking about what they're doing. And that's the worst thing you can do in sports. 
if you're thinking while you're playing, you're playing like shit. If you go back and you think about all the best games that you've ever had, if you were an athlete, you were playing sports or whatever you're playing, to be honest, if you think about when you were at your best, a lot of the times the coolest plays you ever did when somebody asked, bro, how did you do that? You're like, honestly, I don't even know. Like, it was just instincts. Like, all the coolest shit I've ever done in my life, it was never like, oh, I'm about to hit Sterling with the and break his ankles. I would just do it. So, I mean, like, bro. I don't know what to tell you. I'm just nice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the truth, though, man. I mean, it. It is the truth. See, clip that. Clip, clip, clip. Everything should be reactionary when it comes to sports. Like, you put in the work in practice to build that muscle memory. Do it in game time. You don't put it in during the game. Like, yes, you're always practicing and harnessing your craft, but you work to it. It's like. It's one thing a coach told you to run a set. Like, he's like, oh, I want you guys to run so-and-so motion play that we got. All right, cool. Like, after that, bro, most of the time they got set plays in, in basketball, bro, don't work. Like, set <laughs> plays in basketball don't work. It's fuck like, you play. Play. It's always like, two, two. Yeah, fuck you, Dick. We got to do three. <laughs> We're doing three, and that means ISO, me. Yeah. It's like, bro, pass the ball to stuff, pass the ball to... KD, pass the ball LeBron, et cetera, so on and so forth. Whatever superstar you want to use, don't even use Kawhi Leonard's name in there because that boy ain't a superstar no more. He's just there. He's just there for the money, and he keep moving. Uh, shout out James Harden, uh, somehow getting another finesse. Um, this guy is a finesse absolutely appalled at how he is able to do this all the time, and he still ain't going to win a ring. Like, how you going to go to the old, he go to the old man squad. That's what just happened. Yeah. The old man squad. He said, "What's good, Eddie? What's good, Paul? He said, What's good, Kawhi? What's good? What's good man? <laughs> hey, that's an L, bro. You got Paul, Kawhi Leonard, and James Harden on the same team. You really think that shit gonna work? Ain't no fucking way, dog. That's three. That's three fours. That's three motherfucking fours. Yeah, three. Like they don't even, they don't even, Paul George isn't like that no more. Paul George is still broke. He's still nice. Like, but the the problem bro. is, is Harden and Westbrook aren't like they they don't resemble championships. Like, nah. Russell wants to win. James, he's he act like he want to win. James, James don't like, act like he want to win, bro. He'd be uh, right after a game. He at the strip club and <laughs> shit. Right after a loss, that nigga don't give a fuck. He got an addiction, bro. Like, hey, we 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 advocate for whatever help you need, my man. I know you don't need no bread because if you need some bread, that's a problem. Give some bread to me. Give some bread to Mike and I. I will do real well with you. Trust me, like, trust me. I I, I tri- 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 it's tri- in tri- good tri- hands. <laughs> it's in great hands. Actually, do you need me to manage? I mean, I can do it. I mean, if you really want to play around, like, we can get those some. You would be like Oprah, like uh, he only signs off on anything that's over a thousand dollars. I'd be signing nine hundred ninety nine to Michael Bond. <laughs> hey, look, every every eight hours, bro. Eight yeah. Hours. Um, or Mike, how'd you make so much money? Ah, oh, man. <laughs> Kept on coming. That two thousand nine hundred ninety seven dollars. 
I don't know what was going on. It was crazy. Well, that's so specific. Uh, don't ask. Don't ask. Don't ask. Hey, that trip to, tur- tr- tr- uh, trip to Turks and Caicos and a trip to Dubai. I mean, I mean, I appreciate that, James. I mean, I'll manage it for you. Right, man. You'll have some money left over. Don't worry. Like, it'll be good. Yeah, like, you'll, have a couple you'll have enough for some lemon yeah. pepper wings at that strip club. Yeah, yeah. You'll, and tits and grits, man. You'll have a couple, couple extra bucks, bro. Like, I'll leave you a couple grand. Like, you'll be all right. You can tell you change and shit. You'll be good. But, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm excited for this NBA season. You know, granted, I'm not going to the playoff start, but, like, um, I'll keep up with uh, I'll keep up with Chet and Wimby because that is something to keep up with. I keep up with the Warriors because Steph has been on a tear at the beginning of the season. It's just such Steph, a beast, what the Such a beast. What's wrong with him, bro? Like he was, and I, the first thing I thought to myself that's so sad is like, dude, I really hope he stays healthy. That's the first thing I thought. Yeah. I am. I immediately thought that I'm like. First thing I thought was like, who the. F- why the fuck didn't we trade Clay for Jalen Brown? That's Clay is so washed up, bro. I'm a bit, right. I was saying that, bro. You got to get rid of Clay, dude. He's holding that team back. He's holding Steph back, bro. Right now he is. As much as I hate to say it because I love like Clay's game, he's just a solid hooper when he when like he was healthy and you know before the injury. But he is holding Steph back so bad, like he needs. Another one-two punch. Get Steph anybody, bro. Like someone who can just a guarantee twenty-two a game, and like they're not losing many games. They they literally could not. You saw what happened when he had another guaranteed bucket on his, aka Kevin Durant. You saw what happened when that motherfucker was playing with. They said, yeah. "Oh shit, these are the superhumans." Okay. <laughs> They're playing the what, what's what's the, the monsters from space. Yeah, they're, they're, playing the, they're playing the fucking monsters. Them motherfuckers were unbeatable. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to hear no trash or slander against Steph Curry. And look, LeBron need to get his old ass to keep moving, bro. I don't know what the fuck he doing now. Like he just he looked, dude. He looked so old playing now. Like yeah, I mean he gets his stats, but it just looks different. Right, like yeah, it just looks old. Like yeah, he's like, oh, all right, oh, oh. like lay this shit up. Like he don't be dunking like he used to, bro. Because then me, I know that killing him. Yeah, you know he be. Shit, shit. <laughs> well, I don't know if you saw the Dre Beats commercial with him and uh, when it was like, oh, talking about like, oh, they. It was fire, by the way. If you didn't, see it. Uh, no, I haven't seen it. Definitely watch it. Savannah's like over. He he's over him, and then like Erling Holland. If you've heard of him, he's the soccer player that's like huge star, super young guy. It's like it's like do it again, prove him wrong. It's like they said you want to play, like you won't play another year. Like well, the oldest player in the league. Like say you want to play until your son comes in the league. How about you do it again, like with his younger son? And it's like it's it's badass, bro. But I'm like, nah, bro. If he wait till Bryce gets old, he really higher body up. Yeah. And he don't. And he taking like that. I mean, he takes crazy good care of his. Still breaking down. That that just goes to show you, bro. You jump, 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 jump. Whole life, strong, quick cut, show whole life, and don't have a bunch of. In- bro, it's gonna come. It comes around because you, as Charles Charles Barkley says, and as my dad always reiterates, 
You can't fight Father Time. Can't, can't do fight. it. Can't do it. But that being said, for the fellas out there listening, dun 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 dun. All right, well, that was a good pod. We'll end it there for the night. Looking at the clock, looks like we made good time for once, so I'm happy about that. That was episode 30, ladies and gentlemen. So for the fellas out there listening, listen, my guy, they only want a 1% nigga. 1%, not 2%, not 3%, not 5%, 1%. If you got some work to do, you got some work to do. It's okay, but you'll get there. 1% nigga, remember, 1%. Drill it in your head. Quit your bitching and get your bread up. For the ladies out there listening, he don't want you, sweetie. Trust me, he don't. He texting Taylor and Ashley with the fat, with the fatty, with the Arby's, with the meats. He all up in that shit. I'm telling you, you over here wondering why he's not texting me. And then they flash over what he's doing. He's, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> he's spazzing right now. Having the time of his fucking life. So, <laughs> so please move on. But it's okay, girl, because listen, you're still beautiful and powerful. And we'll always love you. It's the After Dark Podcast. Until next time.